Hi, I'm Kavina. And I'm Peter. Welcome to Step Into Extraordinary. The podcast for go-getters, big dreamers, and overachievers. Join us as we discover what it takes to tap into the extraordinary. Yes, hello, hello, hello. Uh, another Monday on the Step Into Extraordinary podcast. And this one is really special. Uh, so we have... Uh, someone uh, as a guest, someone that I have known for just over a year. We met in the digital world, as you do in the COVID world, uh, and she's amazing. So I'm really excited. And I think it's a very interesting topic and one that I am so keen to talk about because I think if you're a go-getter and overachiever, you're a special kind. Uh, <laughs> so um, we today on today's podcast, we actually have Justine Mufala, Mufalama, who is a dating and relationship blogger and coach helping um, mostly faith-based women um, master their dating uh, life and be happier in their personal lives. So I'm sure I slaughtered that and I didn't even do it justice based on how much I know you do beyond your blog and your coaching. So to kick it off, welcome. Welcome on the podcast. So Thank excited. you. <laughs> Thank you. So excited that I finally made it. <laughs> yes, yes. A few time differences later, we made that. I thought that was a time zone concert before this, but um, it turns out not. There's always a new time zone to learn about. <laughs> yes, Mexico is special because half of the country moves with the with daylight savings, half the country doesn't. Um, so yeah, sometimes we're in Eastern Standard Time and sometimes we're not. <laughs> Yeah. 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 It's fine. Here we are. Uh, so welcome to the podcast. And today's topic is going to be all about relationships and mm. how do we make them work? Because I know mm-hmm. that I probably struggle with this more than I struggle with my day job, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, to kick it off, do you want to mm. tell everyone, all of our listeners, a bit about yourself and what do you do before we delve okay. into this? Yeah. Um, I'm glad to be on the podcast. Um, I don't know if I'm as extraordinary as every other guest, but (laughs) we'll get there soon. Um, So yeah, I am Justine Fulama. Um, I live in Mexico City at the moment. I'm a digital nomad. I have been for um, a few years now, like three years or something. And yes, I'm a dating and relationship blogger and coach. Um, I like to always you know like um say blogger first because that's like my day job as you want to say and then the coaching comes on the side um something that you know maybe in the future I'm gonna roll out a little bit more again and yeah as you said I mostly coach women uh, single millennial women of faith um just because that's my background that's a lot of where my beliefs and my values lie meaning that um, I will mention a Bible verse or two <laughs> in my blog post. So it helps um, people who can really relate to it. Um, yeah, I, I do all this over a blog that I've had for, I want to say four years now, since 2017. Um, but I also have a YouTube channel and Instagram and all the other stuff. But um, yeah, usually um, I, I serve women by helping them understand the dating world more than you know get a specific outcome just because I think it all lies in understanding it's something that I've learned um you know once you understand men or you think you understand men <laughs> you can get a, a, a long way with that so yeah 
I think, as you rightly pointed out, you think you understand. Right. <laughs> you're a man or a woman. <laughs> they remain a mystery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, welcome to the to the podcast. I think this is going to be a really interesting um, conversation because a lot of um, a lot of what we talk about on the on the podcast is all about tapping into your own version of extraordinary. And I think for many people, if you have a professional life, you have a personal life. Sometimes those th two things either don't meet or they clash when they do meet. And I think for many people. When it comes to relationships, particularly personal relationships more than anything else, it's very, very hard to kind of get that balance between the two, particularly if you're quite driven like Polina and yourself. You know, it's all about, <laughs> you know, career and goals and all this kind of stuff. You've got to make make room for it. So I oh, guess, yeah. you know, a question for you is, you know, how do you how do you manage to build kind of like that meaningful personal relationships whilst you're still pursuing like a, a professional kind of career and getting that balance between the two? Yeah. Um, so I, I love what you just said that you have to make time for it. I think um, that is one thing that I learned as I was making dating relationship, my hobby, my passion, something I wanted to learn about more because I was working in an environment where um, people around me were getting uh, married very young. Um, there's a thing called the Bible Belt in the U.S., which is Georgia. Um, I don't even know Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, all these uh, southern countries. Um, and in the Bible Belt, it's very obvious that a lot of um, women, right, mostly women, get married in their early 20s. And, you know, oftentimes also men of their age. Um, and for someone like me, it was very, not confusing, but it was very surprising because all my life coming from a, a very African background in Germany, I was taught no dating mm -hmm. <laughs> until you're done with school. And with school, my dad meant university. <laughs> so <laughs> the moment I graduated from my bachelor at 25, he looked at me, he was like, well, now you can get married. I'm like, all the good ones are gone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so basically, um, you have to make time for it. That's one thing. I think that's something Felina and I have talked about as well, is that at one point you look up and you find yourself, you know, in your late 20s and you're like, hey, well, I get the bachelor, the master's and the great job, but I have a hard time getting this other part of life working. Um, so I am in a relationship um, and our relationship is very intentional um because i'm in that field but i also have a great boyfriend who is very interested in dating and relationships so we kind of like try to follow people's best practices right um it's not perfect but we try to like do the stuff that people say makes good relationships um i think that helps um so being intentional about saying hey this part of my life now is my priority i think we all do a really good job to understand that if i want a new job i gotta go job hunting. Wow. If you want a man, you got to go man hunting. What does that mean? That means you work on your current skills, right? You, just like you brush up your resume and you make sure to include everything that you've learned in your last job. Now it's time to work on yourself, brush up that personal development resume and make sure to incorporate everything you've um, worked on in your, in your last relationship so that you can now make space to attract someone that, that meets you where you are. The one thing that you said there that I picked up on and I want to like delve into a bit further is like you said, you have to make it a priority. 
And I think for anyone that is very driven, they, as much as they want a relationship, I think you there's always the feeling of, are you sacrificing your goals and dreams or your like your bigger aspirations if you were to prioritize a relationship because we know how precious time is and like how people ever have these days and there's always that dilemma of like yes I want to prioritize it but in reality do feel like I'm sacrificing sometimes and I'm not just speaking for myself I'm sure there's others oh yeah I think I think it makes complete sense but especially in a world where um for women being good like having a career and getting to that I don't know, six-figure mark that everybody always talks about is a sign of status. Is And when something is a sign of status, it becomes part of your identity. So now you go into the dating field with this new, almost like this new, uh, uh, I don't know, like uh, sign that, oh my God, I'm on a new level because I'm up here when it comes to my career. And I totally get it and I totally respect it. Um, uh, however, what I always say is that the reason why we have such a hard time sacrificing, because I don't even think it's a sacrifice, right? Sacrificing for relationships is because we have made wanting to be with someone the enemy. We've made this a sign of weakness. So whenever we see these Disney movies, we all get mad because the girl didn't have her own purpose and she just uh, like she was saved and all these things. So we get mad about it. And we're like, no, in a feminist world, we can do this too. So we've made wanting to be part of the partnership, the enemy, which now makes you feel like you can't say this. You can't tell people that you actually really want to be in a relationship. You can't tell people that you are prioritizing a relationship. And that's when I tell people, you have to ask yourself, anything else in your life that you achieve, anything else that you go out and want to achieve, if somebody, if you're like, I want to get a PhD, and then your, your friends call you and say, hey, I, I want to go out, you have no hesitance or you, you don't hesitate to tell them, hey, I'm prioritizing my PhD. But when it comes to men, we have a very hard time. And that has nothing to do with the fact that it is a sacrifice because it's not. It had all to do with the way we have been conditioned to make, to feel like if we say the truth, then people are going to look at us um, sideways. And I'm saying the truth because every woman that I've talked to who, you know, comes and says, why do we have to do this? Why do we have to do this? Once we start talking, they always say, you know what? I'm embarrassed to say this, but I really want a partner, but it feels better to say that I don't. Otherwise, people are going to take me for granted, are going to make fun of me, or I won't, you know, uh, be respected the way I want. Um, so for me, it's, it's usually not a question of, is it a sacrifice or not? For me, it's a question of, why are you thinking and doing the things you do? And are they generally rooted in a place of confidence or a place of fear fear of being ostracized from the other six-figure women the other business owner the other entrepreneurs um you know and that's really what it is to me it's interesting hearing this as a guy as you as you two <laughs> ladies are, are, are talking about this but i do have a general kind of like question around some of the stuff that you mentioned there do you feel as though um maybe part of that reticence to say well actually i want this is down to social engineering or do you feel as though actually there is a 
genuine position where the 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 status and the achievements take or feel as though they should take precedence over the need to actually want to be in a relationship mm-hmm. um I, I do think the first, that it's really just the idea of what it, what it means rather than this is really what I want because, yes, the status, the achievements are really important, but I um, talk a lot to men about, you know, how they choose someone that they want to be with. And one thing I think a lot of us have forgotten or a lot of us don't understand is that everything we seek out to achieve in life, we subconsciously do it in order to um, please the other gender more. And I know for women, this is really, really hard to hear because they like to believe that they put on makeup for themselves. (laughs) But at the end of the day, unfortunately, we have all been taught that some of the stuff we learn, some of the stuff we do is to... um, is to please the other person or is to be attractive to the other gender subconsciously, right? Sometimes I just love losing weight for myself. Sometimes I love the attention I get because I have lost weight. Um, And I think it's the state with the status and the achievement and the jobs and the career and all these things, right? Because what women have to understand without getting, um, without getting mad at it, without getting, um, yeah, just feeling some type of way about it is that men choose women, men do not choose women necessarily for their achievements, for their career, for what they can show on paper. We do. And that's the problem. We go into the dating scene thinking men choose us the way we choose them. We choose the guy who has the money to provide because naturally it has been put in our heads that that's the safe way to go about, right? That you need to find someone who can provide for you just in case. There are plenty of women who can provide for themselves and that's great. Historically, the reason why we used to look for a provider is because we were either not allowed to work or we were taken out of the workforce for a time being, which was when we had to look after kids, right? So what I'm trying to say here is really just that we choose men for their status, their money, and all that. Men <laughs> do not choose us for that. Men are very simple. Yeah. I would they definitely choose... I'll second that. We don't. Um, yes, for most I... men, it doesn't matter about the paycheck or what you bring in necessarily. That yeah. for most men is completely secondary. Yeah. And 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 I, I I feel very confident in saying that as well because I've talked to so many men. And obviously, as a black woman, and I attract a lot of black women into my community. That is the first, the, the first community that I serve, right? That can relate to me the best. And every black man says exactly that. It's like, we do not care if he makes six figures. Do we desire someone who can be a helpmeet, who can be someone who, you know, can take up slack if we need to? Absolutely. We don't want a bum, <laughs> but mm-hmm. we don't need you to be able to pay all the bills because inherently they want to do it themselves right men want to be able to to do it themselves without having to to without needing you to do it but is it something nice to have absolutely and i can just share from my own relationship i always like to make it as relatable as possible 
I, I have witnessed the same thing because in my relationship, um, being an entrepreneur and struggling to get my finances right at times, right? And trying to navigate this up and downs that entrepreneurship brings with it. I have felt like I was a failure compared to someone who's so achieved in his career already. Not understanding that he happily takes, you know, takes on some of the, um, not even financial means, because I do say pay for everything that is, you know, mine. I do pay for my apartment and that's it really. <laughs> Don't have that many expenses anymore. But still like, you know, and and I think understanding that as a woman, that it's it comes from a place of genuine, I want to be the person that that can take care of everything and you don't have to stress yourself would give a lot of women they would feel like they finally can can not just I mean if somebody wants to you know have a great career that is totally fine but I think a lot of us we do it subconsciously mm -hmm. because we feel like we have to mm -hmm. to like measure up this is really fascinating I don't know yeah. Bellini, you you must have a follow-up <laughs> question for this surely Yes, I can see it in your face, Paulina. <laughs> uh, I, I think I don't think it's so much of a follow-up question, but I think it's fascinating mm -hmm. because it took me a whole 29 years of my life to reach that conclusion. Like oh. only 29 years of my life to reach that little <laughs> conclusion that like I think, yeah, we just and there's something bigger to say there, I think. Obviously, we're talking about relationships in this episode, but it's something bigger to say there, like that. Just because you judge something based on your criteria doesn't mean that that's how others are choosing their life or that's how that's others true. are being their life. And we do this thing, like this is probably the most prominent example where it's like we just assume that the opposite gender looks for the same things when really it could not be more <laughs> different if you want to. <laughs> Um, yes. And it took me like so many years to figure out that like my TV really doesn't matter. I could <laughs> right. not care mm -hmm. less. Um, so I think, yeah, it's quite fascinating. And like, it's, I'm glad that we're mentioning it now because I'm sure that a lot of women, I have not heard it because it's not a popular opinion, like, or most women don't talk about yeah. it. You know, like we don't really talk about that. Encourage, right. I think it's so much social engineering because we girlfriends mm -hmm. what do we talk about we talk about our day jobs yes we talk about dating sometimes but we talk about like we encourage each other to succeed we encourage each other to be independent to be go-getters yes. to do well yes. financially uh and then we don't really encourage ourselves to be like hey prioritize your dating life when is the last time you went on a date we never really talk about that yeah. i can't remember the last Absolutely. time someone was like how is your personal life do you think it's time to prioritize it <laughs> yes and and I think you, you're saying so much um, about just, you know, that social engineering, because what the reason really why we have shifted so far away from allowing ourselves to feel more feminine, right, is because we have entered a masculine world. So at, at school, at job, at our careers, we're taught that the way to get ahead is to be as masculine as possible, which means go get a CV, credentials, all these things, not understanding that in our personal life, we are allowed to be more feminine, right? Which usually is the way we kind of feel, we kind of grow up. I'm not saying everybody is super hyper feminine because that's not the case. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to be masculine because we both, we always have both, but I think it's, to me, I like to say allowed to, because a lot of women, that's the problem. We don't allow ourselves yep. to be 
quote unquote feminine because it's looked upon weak. So we go in hard. And I love how you just says um, we encourage each other to be independent because that's the first thing. Whenever there is a hiccup in your dating life, every girlfriend will run to your rescue to tell you, be independent, forget him, do these, do this, do this, do this. But yeah, but it's really, really rare that there's going to be a group of women saying, hey, why not just try to go in a little bit more soft here and there and all these things. Um, so yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> it is, I don't think it's news anymore. I think there's so many dating social media accounts and YouTube accounts and women out there who, who haven't made it their business to teach femininity. And I don't agree with everything that they teach. But at the same time, I do find that whenever you go into the comments of these accounts, it's sad to see how many women still think um, that that is a picky, a doormat, someone who's weak, um, rather than understanding that um, it's totally natural. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a question for you then. So yeah. from, from a guy's point of view, what role does a guy play in this uh, scenario to number one, um, make the pursuit of a healthy relationship I wouldn't say easy because that almost sounds as though we do something to make it easier. You need help, but to mm -hmm. make it um, conducive. Yeah. So do you mean specifically when it comes to the dynamic of masculine and feminine or just in general? In that dynamic specifically. Yeah. Is I there anything we can do from like, you know, uh, a, a behavioral perceptual type of thing? Yeah. I think honestly what it is, is people or Whenever you start dating, and that is the biggest part of what I teach, right? Polina knows is the confidence part, the confidence part to be your authentic self. Because once you, right, we, we talk about, uh, I'm pretty sure you guys have read books about this before, but whenever we talk about getting back to, getting to self, you talk about getting back to self, basically to, uh, like putting off the layers that you have put on to protect yourself, to fit into society, you know, to, to look more a certain way, speak more a certain way, behave more a certain way. But in relationships, and I'm learning this the hard right now, <laughs> you have to get to a point where you can be completely your authentic self on both sides. Because if we're not our authentic selves, that's when we start playing with these ideas that, oh, this is how I need to be in order to please this person rather than going there with all of who you are and saying, this is what I have. What do you have? And for men, it's even more important than for women because women all our lives, we have been taught that it's okay to be more of who we are because we have been allowed to cry, to be emotional, to have temper tantrums, all these things. We have just been allowed to be more of, more of the have more flaws does that make sense like i feel like women unless unless it's body physique women have to be perfect but when it comes to character traits we have always been allowed to be more flawed because it's a woman what should you expect she is that's like you know but men it's the other way around when it comes to character they are less allowed to be flawed so what happens a lot of times is that guys go grow up right 
thinking they always have to measure up. They are always competing. They always need to show up in a certain way in order to get the girl, to get the job, to get the car. Um, but once you get into a relationship, the best way to help keeping it healthy is by understanding that you need to show up without the idea that, oh, I can't tell her how I really feel unless she will think I'm weak. I can't, you know, cry unless uh, she will think I'm weak. And obviously there's a lot here. Like for men to be emotional takes also a very special type of woman. <laughs> but um, that's one thing that I see is that we, like the most complaints I get about men, like women, uh, in relationships or in situationships or in dating scenarios is that they can't get through to the guy they're seeing. You know, he's not opening up. He's not telling me what's wrong, all these things. And, and a lot of times that's really where the, the, the hurdle is, the challenge is, right? Um, I've heard from many women that they, they told me until like five years, seven years into their marriage, they didn't know who they were married to because it took that person so long to finally let all of their guards down. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think what you're alluding to there is the bravado and the ego that all guys carry with, with, yeah. the, with us essentially is we yeah. have to be this, we have to do this. We, yeah. it is expected that we do X, Y, Z. Yeah. And I think where I think it's changing maybe now in today's mm -hmm. society where right. we feel as though, you know, on equal rights and everything like that, like you were saying before, it's nice to have someone who can pick up the slack if absolutely needed, but mm -hmm. the ego in us almost has it as a prerequisite that actually no, that slack, that can't happen. Can't no happen way, no how. Yeah. I'm the man. I'm going to deal with it. It's my yeah. bag. And what yeah. that leads to is lack of sharing, lack of communication, all that kind of stuff, which can be detrimental to your yeah. relationship. And also pressure, right? Um, he's going to be fine, but I'm just, you know, speaking from experience again, is that men put a lot of pressure on relationships that they want to succeed, right? When it comes to, if once they find the person that they want to be with, they're almost in the heads, like stressed about all the things they need to provide. Meanwhile, I'm just here like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> I can live on spaghetti and I don't know, rice, all that. So that's like men have put a lot of pressure once they really know, okay, I want to get married. And oh my God, talk about kids. Now they think about how much does a kid cost over the next 18 University years. University fees, three. yeah. Right. So for men to be allowed to get out of the head from time to time, there needs to be that vulnerability because we don't think about the things. I can assure you, a woman. All we think about is like, dang, am I going to lose the stretch marks after nine months or not? We don't think about how much school costs, how much a kid costs, how much, you know, we don't. We really are not oblivious. And I'm speaking for myself more than I'm speaking for other people. But a lot of women, we, we just go with like, the this is emotions, the joy. In my the opinion, food, that is a bigger problem. You're carrying a God. human. You don't have the space to have the pressure of like, but the university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's that's that. I think that is the best way for both to be allowed to just be authentic and speak their truth, so that the other person gets to understand them better. And, oh, I wanted to say there is um, a book that has just come out um, by Justin Baldoni. He's an actor, 
now going more into self-development space. And his book is called Man Enough. And I think he, he uh, really talks about how we all have been conditioned the, um, in a way that is really, uh, that is um, really dangerous for men, right? And the reason why so many men have depression or something and don't talk about it. And it's a really great book in case there are like a lot of men on this part that listen to the podcast that, you know, just want to know a little bit more about how to let go of the shackles. <laughs> Yeah. So then I guess the other thing that we haven't really touched on is how do you, what is your best advice for achieving that perfect balance? Let's say you've already found someone, you're now dating, you're in a relationship. How do you find that perfect balance where you still have and maintain that meaningful relationship? Because we know relationships, they take work. Uh, doesn't matter how long you've been together, they still take work efforts and time so how do you balance that alongside pursuing your professional goals uh pursuing your personal goals because I think it's definitely something that I have come across in the past where there was either this balance of like how the levels of ambition within the different people and then that caused like a whole there's a whole set of dynamics that evolve mm-hmm. from the disbalance of balancing your personal life yeah. and still investing in that relationship and sustaining it while pursuing big dreams and big goals so what is your best advice yeah. for navigating that yeah so i i'm very careful always with saying you know this is how you have to do it because i don't think it it's as easy as like a universal formula um one thing that i swear by <laughs> is attachment styles um i wish it was something we learned in school <laughs> but that is something that i believe you can only only um gain from so one thing i think a lot of couples should normalize is to understand their attachment styles um to understand what is the amount of connection i need to feel in order to be healthy and happy in a relationship because the amount of uh, of how much i want to hang out with him is very different from how much he wants to hang out with me right and um it can be the other way around for some people as well it's it's based on what you think is normal but the funny thing is there's no normal so there is no you should hang out 20 hours a week in order to make her feel loved that doesn't exist because some people might think i would think 20 hours is way too little <laughs> well he's like 20 hours that's a lot <laughs> you know so th- that's one thing to really understand okay and sit down and say hey this is how often i would like to see you how does this fit into your schedule and then finding a compromise who knows maybe you know both of you agree but i do think based on like your seasons in in the year in life it will change sometimes there's more to do sometimes there's less um but uh one thing that we have is we do for example once a week we have a dedicated quality time where we talk about the relationship um and that is a must for me right that was always a must because i knowingly knew that our relationship we need to have that that constant conversation about how we feel, how we feel about the relationship and things that just are on our minds. But what I recently realized is that we made that a priority. So we would sit down once a week and talk about these really deep and really important topics, which a lot of times steer a lot of emotion, good and bad. 
um, but we wouldn't have a dedicated time to just fun time. So I realized, oh, you know what? <laughs> I need two date nights a week. <laughs> I need one for that quality time, that development time. And I need one where we can just be, you know, where we can just be, go for a hike, go for a drink, go to the movies and don't always feel this. Oh my God. Because what would happen is at one point, we wouldn't look forward to that, that heavy quality time anymore because we're like, oh my God, it's Monday. <sighs> what do I want to talk about? You know? So um, that, for example, is something I do. And I have that from, from a book. Like, obviously, I read a lot of like relationship books where, you know, they suggest something like that. It's called Eight Dates uh, by John Gottman. Um, but other than that, what else can you do in a relationship to keep that balance? I think me being an entrepreneur and him being in a, a full time employment was very important that he is my priority after work. And I'm not even saying after work because he's not my real priority, but it's because work just takes on more time, right? You don't spend eight hours a day with that one person, but you will put eight, 10, 12 hours a day into your, your own business if you have one. So what I would do is he's my priority. And if I feel like I haven't done much in our relationship lately, then I will turn down friends and other people because as an entrepreneur, you are always exhausted, right? You're always exhausted at the end of the day and you don't really want to do anything. But the one or two nights that I want to do something, I make it a priority to spend it with my partner. Um, and I think it's the same for just a regular, not even a regular, nothing is regular now, to, now, but a nine to five or shift position, right? You might come home being really tired. You might not have as many weeknights that you really want to do something. So I think to be, to be honest and say, hey, this is my priority because this is what I want to work out um, is important rather than saying, oh, I'm going to do this. Obviously, there are nights where, you know, somebody, it's somebody's birthday, but just on a regular week, I, I do think that you have to make your partner your priority. Otherwise, um, you're just allowing for too much disconnection to happen. Amazing. That's pretty good. <laughs> So I think in finishing this 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 episode, I was going to say something else then, but we'll talk about yeah. after the recording. Um, <laughs> in 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 because obviously our podcast is all about tapping into the extraordinary, and that has different meanings to different people. Um, for some people, it's like I need to have a yacht, got to be a Roman Abramovich, you know, billionaire, trillionaire, Elon Musk type thing. For others, it's very simple things. So, what does extraordinary mean to you? Okay, what does extraordinary mean to me? I think I connected to being extraordinary is being more of who you are. I do think in it that in today's society, we talk a lot about society today, but I think it's very important to understand that if you are out of the ordinary, it means you're more like who you want to be, right? And that to me is what tapping into the extraordinary is, is tapping more into what I really want who I really want to be and the life I really desire. Um, I've, I've done a pretty good job in the past doing that. Obviously I'm wandering around the world somewhere <laughs> and my parents cannot keep up where I am. So <laughs> I've done a good job of removing myself from what people think I should have done. Right. Um, but that's, that's not even it. Right. Because um, I think 2020 taught us that sometimes we, we use our lifestyle to run away from you know, the bigger picture. And I think I've done that with um, traveling. 
you know, I was like, no, I don't like it here. Let me just go somewhere else. And then you get stuck in a country that doesn't let you go outside for six months <laughs> and you realize, hmm, I don't really like myself like this. So um, I think tapping into the extraordinary to me means that you are, you are going on the journey of being more like yourself, right? Of really understanding who you are, why you think the way you think, um, which is so important, understanding why we make the decisions we make. Um, and understanding that some of those decisions aren't all ours. Some of those decisions are the things we think we need to do in order to, you know, <laughs> be respected, be, um, yeah, desired or whatever. So I think that's what it would mean to me. It's really tapping into who you are more and more and more and not being ordinary, like everybody else doing what everybody else does. <laughs> Amazing. I need to get like, in the editing for this, I'm going to get like, a massive round of applause for people when they answer this Yay. question because <laughs> yeah this is this is what this is all about at the end of the day it's you know mm -hmm. it's about really understanding what does all of this mean for you in your picture and what yeah. you're going through right now and i think you've articulated that perfectly against the back mm -hmm. against the backdrop of relationships are also really important to us feeling fulfilled in life as well mm -hmm. thank you yeah <laughs> That was awesome. beautiful. Like there's so many takeaways from this. Uh, I hope people find it useful. I'm sure they will. But um, yeah, I think as overachievers and go-getters, we can we are known to very often deprioritize relationships. And I hope this episode will make everyone think twice about how actually having fulfilling and meaningful relationships, whether that is with your friends, with your loved one, whether it's with the people around you is actually so detrimental to our success overall and it doesn't have to be oh, yeah. a sacrifice it's actually part of the experience it makes it enjoyable right. uh it helps you find that person to share it with so um i hope you will change people's minds on how they perceive relationships in their life oh yeah yeah i hope so and i think just to like add to what you just said it's so true. People always think you have to have either one or the other, but there's so many studies out there that show that people who have succeeded, right, in their sorry, in their uh, professional lives are married. They have a balance, you know, they have a balanced life where they are stimulated personally, you know, privately at home and at work. And I think we do see the people who like burn out because they've put in 80 hours a week into their jobs. And we do see the people who are constantly in a, in a, in a state of depression because the only place they seek validation is in relationships, you know? So you need to have both in order to really excel. And of course, there are many people who don't want to be in relationships who don't want to be married, and that's totally fine. But again, I think it's always important to really understand why do I not want to be in a relationship or why do I want to be in a relationship? And is that really something that is helping me move forward in life? Absolutely. So guys, if you're listening to this episode, I hope you found this really interesting. Um, I certainly have. Um, and I think it's a really important conversation to have. But at the end of the day, oh, before we leave, how do people find you, Justine? 
Oh, yeah. Um, so I am Justine Fulama on all my social media challenge, uh, channels. And my blog is also just my name, justinefulama.com. So it's very straightforward. Um, you can get the best content on my YouTube and my blog. And yeah, on Instagram, I show up from time to time. Fantastic. So guys, we will leave links in the show notes if you want to contact and interact with Justine. But as always, remember, guys, at the end of the day, you know, your life is how you make it. And don't be afraid to tap into your own version extraordinary. Until next week, have a good week ahead.